Hello and welcome to the Andyplex. I'm your host, Andy Majorano, and this is episode 17, the podcast Life Aquatic. Today, we will be discussing the 2004 adventure action dramedy directed by Wes Anderson, starring Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Jelka Houston, and Kate Blanchett, The Life Aquatic. Joining me to chat about her singing, songwriting, music adventures special guest, hailing from my home state of Delaware, Olivia Robini. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. Fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... Today's pick, which was yours, we were talking about Life Aquatic, Steve Zissou. Oh, yeah. Wes Anderson joint from 2004. Can't wait to riff about that. Uh, but first things first, I want to hear your story. And um, you're a singer-songwriter. Just yeah. Released an album, Silhouettes. Yep. Which uh, I spent all morning listening to, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> How'd and you like it? It's so good. Oh, thank you. It's it's really good. Um and uh, it's it's quite it's quite mind blowing. I have a million questions for you. Um, I love it. I know it. you've been uh, last couple of months. You've been pretty busy with a lot of a lot of press. So I don't wait for the yeah. smoke to settle to uh, get an interview with you. <laughs> totally. I'm very excited to answer all the questions. I love talking about it. it just gets me very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 so cool. Had um, you're only like my second musician on the show, so this is really exciting oh, to kind of go into that. Uh, what it, what it means to be a musician. Of course, everyone's journey is different, but well, first things first. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Your uh, what you're what you're doing, what you're up to right now. Yeah. Life. So basically, I'm I'm a college student. I'm graduating in like two months. I'm 22, um, wow. and I've been doing music for about I guess like six or seven years. I started when I was like 15. Um, and my dad's a producer and I just grew up, my whole life was always very music centric. And he would take me to the studio after school. I would be doing my homework in the studio. I grew up listening to a lot of a lot of cool things, not just the classics, but he just introduced me to a lot of cool people. And that was just my normal life. I thought everyone kind of had that like cool experience because I was like 10 and didn't know any better. Right. Um, so that was just always how things were. Um, so then when I got to be in high school, my interest started kicking in more because I'd always done choir and theater and I was in an acapella group. I was in Madrigals, which was crazy. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I did. Cool. I've done, I've done, I've done it all. Um, <laughs> but done, I was done like, all the circuits. Oh yeah. All the genres I've, I've already done them, but, um, nice. I was like, I feel like I just want to do my own thing and. I feel like it would just be cool. And I remember coming to my dad and I was like, I've watched you produce everybody else. Just like, please like, let me do this. Yeah. Like begging. But he was obviously very hesitant. Cause like you're a 15 year old kid, 15 year old girl asking to go into like the worst industry possible. And it's like, of course he's, he's my dad first. Like he's going to be very hesitant. A little protect, um, protective you going down that road. Yeah, I mean, I'm the only child. I'm, uh, I'm a little princess. So right, he was right, like, right. Oh, "You sure you want to do I this? I want to do that." Oh, woo! Yeah. Uh, so he was kind of like, "Okay, well, we'll see, we'll see." And I started doing covers on SoundCloud, just kind of like 
there wasn't a grand design of anything to like, we're gonna give her a career. It was just kind of like, she wants to do it. Let's give her some experience, whatever. Give her something um, to so want I, to do. Yeah, it was just like, it was fun and it gave me some good experience. And, you know, it was just, we didn't plan it, but it was a good like preparation for like actually starting a career with my own music. But I did, um, I did four or five seconds, the Rihanna, Paul McCartney, Kanye West song. Oh, hell yeah. I did Golden Slumbers, obviously the Beatles and like a couple other random ones. Um, and then I was like 16, I think. And these guys who my dad had worked with previously came to him and were like, we have this song, um, but we don't really know what we want to do with it. Let's have Liv sing a demo just like why not give, give it a shot fun. yeah and um so then I did it and they were like you know what that's her thing like we're just gonna give you this song like it's yours now I was like okay cool so I like released it on Spotify and all the stuff and that was my first single and that was 2016 I think okay um and then since then I've been releasing singles so I have 10 singles and then I just released the album, which is my first full-length record. Um, and it's been quite a transformative journey from point A at like 15 yeah. to now. Cause it's like, when I was 15, no idea what I was doing. Like didn't really have my own style, my own like artistic vision. I was just kind of like riding the wave. I was like, right. sure, that's cool. Like. That's the path you guys want to take on this song? Go for it. You know, it was a lot of collabs and all that stuff, which was awesome because I got to experience how collaboration works when you have, like, cool people in the room. But, like, I didn't know anything. So now it's, like, I've had the organic kind of experience. And I get to – I got to put all of that into the album. And it's very – I was very particular. <laughs> and yeah. I was – really involved with like every aspect of every song like the writing and the arrangements and lyrics and the production of all of it so it's very they're like my little babies i really yeah, like absolutely. more than any of my other music i'm just like oh because like every little detail was so particular which right. probably drove my dad crazy because he's the one who produced it so it's it's an interesting dynamic that we have because we're both like crazy. Um, but I was very particular and I was like, I know you're going to hate me because I'm so particular, but like, I can't not do it. I was like, I have yeah. to be like 1000% totally happy with it. And I wasn't going to let anything slide. So and have control over all the, all the, the elements and whatnot. Yeah. Totally. Well, walk us, walk us through what it's like to record an album and, uh, and the journey that, that goes into that. I mean, honestly, this is going to sound weird. Thank God that COVID happened when it did. Because, you know, when I'm on a college campus, I, I released a couple singles while I was in college. But it's just, it's a distraction. And there's a lot of nonsense going on. And there's roommates and parties and all the crazy A lot of stimulus. Stuff yeah. That's just a distraction from doing what you actually need to do um so when i came home for good which i didn't know it was for good back then but um right, my, right. my junior year in march 
and I came home and I was like, well, if I'm not gonna have all the craziness of college, let's just really like full throttle go for it album. Because I had said like earlier that year that I wanted to do an album and we had like the beginnings of a couple songs, um, nothing major because when it's like my dad's here and I'm on campus, it would be like, I'm like three hours away on campus. So he would be like calling me and be like, I'm in the studio and this is kind of what I did. I'll, like, I'll send it to you. You can listen, but it's like, everything takes like a million times longer because it's, it's, I just can't be like present. Yeah. All the back and forth and uh, the communication yeah, elements. Like, total waste of time. Just like ridiculousness. Right. Um, so I was like, I'm here. I might as well go to the studio every day and just kind of like, crank out as many songs as I can while I'm here because like initially I thought it was going to be like three weeks no yeah yeah well, that's what they were telling <laughs> us funny. yeah yeah <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back soon don't worry yeah it's going to be like a weekend we'll be back on Monday yeah. stupid <laughs> but um right so I was like I'll just get in the studio and really just really do it and it ended up being like almost a year and it was really just like going every day, every couple of days or whatever, and just chipping at it piece by piece. And it was really enjoyable because like, we've just never really done anything with like a super grand design of anything. So it's kind of just like, like we work really hard and we go in with a purpose, like for the day, obviously, but like, if something's not really inspiring that day, we're not going to like kill ourselves to do it and be like we have to like we just yeah. want something else that's sparking inspiration at that time and that's how I work like when I start getting frustrated with something that's not clicking that day like it's just gonna be a bad day pull the so, plug. Like, yeah t- totally I'm just yeah no. tomorrow and, we'll be back <laughs> yeah so um it was really nice that that's just kind of how both of us work because it was just always the creative process was just kicking. Like we would get in there and it would be like, you're just getting a lot done and you're not even like aware of all the stuff that you're getting done. Cause it's just like, in the oh, flow. let me track this vocal and I have an idea for this. Oh, but you just did that. And that made me have an idea for this. And it would just always be very exciting and, you know, active and cool. And um, so it was never like boring and like a chore to like do the album. Um, yeah so it was you and your you and your dad in the studio yeah and your dad did there's you know there's some guitar there's some uh there's some drums there's you know some piano um yeah I mean we had he did a lot of stuff he did all the drums and he would do like random guitar parts random like a majority of the arrangement I would say Um, but we did have a lot of really cool musicians on all the tracks because I really that's great I wanted to focus on real musicians because I feel like that's kind of like not coming back into style but like kind (laughs) of because like we've had the like beat boop phase where everything's just like (laughs) since yeah yeah and um that's fun and all that's awesome love it I love it but (laughs) I was like I just don't think that's your next album is just gonna be you doing that for like an hour yeah it's going to be 12 songs just with me doing this. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's one through 20. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be like awesome. They would, everyone would love it. Oh, it's going to be huge. I'll, I'll help produce. Totally. Awesome. I'm, I'm down, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, the, I just, I just wanted it to be like real stuff. I don't know. Like right. you listen to like Harry Styles and it's just like real music is back again. And like Bruno Mars and like just cool stuff. I listen to like Matt Maltese and you hear him on like a horrible sounding piano, but like, it's cool. And it's just like, it's a real piano cool. though. Damn it. Yeah. It's cool. And it's like emotional and you're like, wow, he's really playing it and it's cool. And I was like, I think that's the direction I want to go in. Yeah. And like, really, we just have so many insane musicians at our disposal, which is just like crazy. Cause yeah, just like friends, friends of your, uh, yeah, friends of your dad, friends of you, like just people you know that are like coming yeah. in and out of the studio. Is it like Cheers in the studio or something where it's just like, you know, you know, you know, this it's like the same cast of characters or, I mean, with COVID, yeah, I'm I sure mean, it's a little different, but. Yeah, COVID definitely made it a little bit more difficult because everything had to be very safe and we took our precautions and all right, that. Right. But it was like the same, like three, I want to say, musicians. It was kind of like circling around and yeah. coming in on every song and doing their little parts and this and that and the other thing. But like, they were just crazy and they just knocked it out of the park. And like, uh, really, they did. Would, and you guys it all would did. not be what it was if we didn't have those guys who just absolutely just demolished it. And like, yeah, they're just crazy. Like, I will give them all the praise all day. They just killed it. Yeah, no, it's so cool that, uh, you know, people were wanting to get behind the, the banner and rock out. And yeah, totally. It really does have a real sound, um, like you said. And uh, it's, it's so good, and uh, it has this kind of light funness to it, but also kind of a melancholy heaviness at other times. Yeah, it's, it's really got it all. Thank you. And uh, it kind of just, it kind of just goes. And next thing you know, it's, I, I listen to all the songs, and I'm not sure which my favorite one is yet. I have to give it some time, but um, no, that's cool. And that actually, that's funny that you say that. That's like one of my favorite reactions that there's been because I feel like it would be kind of disappointing <laughs> if people like listen to the whole thing and it was kind of a unanimous decision that like this is the favorite and like everything yeah. else is garbage I'd be like okay, yeah well. the other ones were uh, you know they were fine but okay this yeah one I guess that would make right. me kind of feel horrible but yeah. it's always been this reaction of like oh I have to listen maybe two or three more times all the way through and I have like a, a top three but I'm not really sure and I think that's so cool. And like every song has been someone's favorite. Like, right, that's great. It's just so cool. And like I wanted there to be a lot of variety in there to like, you know, sometimes you want to jam out and be sassy or like, you know, I, <laughs> the, um, I did this article for the American songwriter and they said that like never call me but call me is like being invited to the, uh, the breakup cocktail party where you're just like drunk and jamming out. And I'm like, they get it. That's it. Yeah. But then, like, there's the downer songs and there's the in between songs. And yeah, that's just what I wanted. So, like, when people get it, I'm like, yes. That's awesome. You're, you're really resonating. Yeah. With your people. Yeah. For, for stylistic approach with your voice and everything, um, 
yeah, walk us through like finding your kind of your voice and uh, your style and uh, you know, was was there a day where you were like, this is the kind of vocal style I want to approach? You know, like I want to approach it like this, or was it just kind of yeah. organic and just felt I right? I think it kind of happened like naturally because you know when you're like a teenager, young teen, you just kind of want to sound like everybody else who's hot at the time. Right. And I remember, I don't, I don't think I was making like the conscious decision, but just doing sort of isms that were like Rihanna-esque because people would tell me that, oh, you have like the same tone as Rihanna or something like that. So like, I feel mm -hmm. like subconsciously I was like, oh yeah, let me do this little inflection or that. something yeah. like that. And then as I started doing things like more seriously, and even when I started doing the SoundCloud stuff, the first thing that my dad would just drill into my head was just if you're gonna sing and if you're gonna do it do it like yourself and don't try to sound like anybody because if you're gonna do it no matter how like successful you are or how not successful you are at least you can say that you did it being authentic and that you weren't trying to sound like Billie Eilish or Rihanna or whoever or like Adele like everyone was trying to sound like Adele for a period of time and now everyone's kind right. of doing the indie Billie Eilish thing well it's like Billie Eilish is great because she's Billie Eilish and Adele is great because she's Adele like mm -hmm. you just have to find your own thing and like nurture that and let that become your thing to like the best of your ability but it was just always yourself and he would even like catch me sometimes when I was younger and he'd be like sing that again that was not natural. That wasn't you right there. Or... Like that wasn't right. And it, yeah. and you, you can tell when stuff isn't natural or when you're like trying too hard to sound like somebody else or pronounce your words a certain way or, right. or like change up your vibrato or something like you can tell it sounds, it sounds forced. And he'd be like, uh, uh, uh we're doing it again. And you're going to sing it like yourself this time. So I feel like that sort of mentality throughout last like six or seven years just kind of just formulated into my own thing and it just kind of is what it is now and I think it's, it's kind of cool because some people say it's like a pop indie thing and some people say there's an R&B thing and some people say like people haven't like nailed it to one thing I feel like that's kind of cool and I that's really like cool that. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. I guess yeah, it depends kinda, on the song, which is kind of dope. Like you're kind of just doing a musical tour, you know, through the yeah. the genres. I know, and it's always like, what what is this? Like you make a movie or you make, you know, you make a piece of yeah. art, you make it, you know, make an album, like where does it fit? Where does this fit in? And then you're kind of like, well, I'd like to think that, like you said, you're you're breaking into new territory. Obviously, we're all inspired by the those in front of us or before us. Totally. You know, and on this show, we talk about movies that we love. And today we're gonna talk about life aquatic. Um, but yeah, there's always like, yeah, you want to draw and maybe there's some homages and moments that are inspired yeah. by, but yeah, I love what you said about treading new territory that is you and, totally. uh, and finding and finding that, that you and, uh, yeah. the fact that I think you've, you've gotten there at, you know, 22 Thank and, you. um, and it's great. You have, uh, you have your dad there to kind of spy you and be a safety net. And, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love He's that very... it's a family affair. It's so awesome. Yeah, he, we're both very straightforward with things, so yeah, we can just be very brutally honest. 
which is nice because like I need someone to call me out sometimes and I'll call him out sometimes or, you know right it's all yeah. fair and it's it's fun um but I mean th- there's a lot of inspiration that I took from people that I listen to like I listen to a lot of cold play so I think maybe some of the melodies that I come up with just you know kind of that Chris Martin vibe that he does like just his little things that you you pick up on and I'll write something I'll be like ooh, hello Chris Martin or whatever not like ripping off anybody but just taking yeah. that inspiration and like Harry Styles the way that his most recent album like his background vocals and stuff like that and I was like ooh, I could do something sort of like that that's you know gives a certain feeling or whatever so I feel like I, I took a lot of inspiration from things but kind of obviously tweaked it into my own thing yeah and, then, and that's the yeah, art of it I've, that's great at least for right now I think I honed in on my sound pretty well throughout the album and I'm really content with how it came together as a whole because I feel like when you're doing singles and especially at like the formative time when you're like your teens like no one knows what's going on when they're like a young teenager early 20 like no one yeah do we really know what's going on not really most adults don't either but you know yeah honestly no one knows what's going on <laughs> but like they really don't know what's going on right so i was like every single had a totally different sound like not just my voice which was i feel like sounds different in every song but like just the style of things and i just wanted something that was cohesive yeah. And I feel like that was my main reason for doing an album because there was even like when we were just conceptualizing an album, we were like, well, do people even really listen to albums anymore? Like, is there really a point to do an album and, blah, 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 and all the business stuff that's stupid? And I was like, no, but I want to do one just so I can have something that's like a lot of songs that are cohesive and that are me like right now instead of just like little one-offs i was like i want to have a whole piece of music kind of a thesis statement all like an umbrella yeah over it kind of linking everything together Uh, yeah so i feel like at least at least for right now who knows my sound might change in like two years or might change in a year who knows what's gonna happen but like for right now i feel like the album was very oh yeah i'm gonna start doing screamo and it's gonna be awesome (laughs) i'm gonna wreck my vocal cords um (laughs) But at least for right now, it was pretty authentic and genuine to who I want to portray as an artist right now. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I feel like when you're working on all the songs throughout a really long period of time, you kind of like lose track of how it sounds all together. And then once they're like all almost done and you start listening to it as like a whole thing, you're like, wow oh yeah okay i see what i did <laughs> like right it makes sense it gels and i just thought that was so cool as yeah far as finding myself as an artist it's awesome so cool yeah like you said it's it's not kind of all in one box you know different songs kind of take you in different directions but there is definitely a through line and a spiritual yeah. spiritual through line through it um totally. and i can't i can't put like i can't i don't know music well enough to be like this x or y and that's why that happened and maybe maybe nobody does but or have has the 
the nomenclature enough to put your finger on it but i just know yeah. that yeah it really it really is an album you know it's Thank it's you. not just like oh here's 10 songs that i did right um it has kind of a spiritual umbrella over it thank you and, uh, i love that i really appreciate that yeah i know for sure it's 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 true and it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy because and a lot of people have asked me about this as well and they've been like did you mean to make like a full story that has like a timeline and i was like no it just kind of happened like that like yeah it's just like those weird like serendipity things that happen because it's like I was just writing stuff yeah and it's all very like genuine and all comes from someplace real but I was just putting words to songs and somehow the order just came to be and I was like because we made the order based off of the sound of things and how one song flows into the other but then like then I listened and I was like I just told a chronologically correct story. And if you listen to the whole thing, you can say point A yeah. to point B, that's a story. And I feel like that's so cool. And it's that's just awesome. like, didn't even mean to do it. It just happens. And like cool things happen when you just like keep the creativity going and just if you're present, do stuff and cool stuff happens. And I just love that. I love all the serendipity things. So cool. That's That's amazing. Um, in terms of this is like a self, like you said, this is self-produced or, you know, obviously you had, you had some help, but um, in terms of getting it out there, what's, uh, what's the process of kind of self indie distribution and all that with, with an album? Well, honestly, it's just kind of, we put it out there and it's on all the platforms. Um, and, you know, you do stuff to get on playlists as much as you can and you promote social media is a, huge part of it a lot of promotion and just word of mouth is like a huge thing on social media and just people sharing your stuff and getting into like the algorithm getting the algorithm to like you is like a big deal yeah um so then once you kind of take all the little pieces of it which is literally all like algorithmic based whether it's social media or like spotify that's really the key because it's just everything has sort of happened organically like and uh I've been doing a lot of press and a lot of interviews for magazines I did uh WXPN I did the American Songwriter which was really cool um it's been a lot of stuff I was in like Orenda magazine that was cool I got a physical copy of a magazine and I was like oh my god wow but um that's exciting Oh yeah, it was crazy. Um, but it's just trying to create that buzz around yourself as much as possible without a label and like millions of dollars to throw at you. So right. it's just it's just trying to, I don't know, make something organic, but by giving it a little nudge as much as you can, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's it's tough. But if there's any time to be an independent artist, it's now. Because, like, if you were trying to do this, like, 40 years ago, yeah, it's going to be much harder. Social media has made it – it's obviously 
muddied the waters a lot because there's so much content. Right. But a lot of volume. Yeah. Yeah. And which is kind of annoying because like you see stuff and you're just like, man, that's the TikTok that went viral. Like, yeah, right. Really? <laughs> yeah. But, but it's cool because, you know, I look at my Spotify, um, like data analytics and like last year I was played in like 95 countries and I was just like, wow. I would, that would not have been possible if it wasn't this time. Like, it's just so awesome that people are just able to hear you all over the place it, for like no reason, just because of like Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And that's just so sick. It's just mind blowing. Right. Yeah. We have the ability to reach out and, and be heard and um, have our art seen and heard out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you said, got, 40 years ago before the internet, I mean, what you just like yeah. had to get on the radio, you had to get with a label and yeah, go for I mean, the formal channels. Yeah. Like my dad tells me about all that kind of stuff all the time. Cause obviously he's been in the business his whole life and he's right. done it all. He's done, you know, the bands and producing and people in the early 2000s and 2010s and all that. He's, he's seen it. So he'll say all the time, like, he'll ask me how my Spotify numbers are doing and da, 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 da. And I was like, oh yeah, 95 countries today is what's going on. And he'll be like, do you know how hard we would have had to work to get played in 95 countries Yeah. when he was doing his band days and all that stuff? It's like, I feel like kind of lucked out because it's like, this is the time for independent artists. And I think it's just so cool. Yeah, like, no, that's great. I think that you, that you jumped on it this time. And obviously you didn't plan it that way. Just, <laughs> like you said, serendipitous. But, I uh, just exist, man. I just exist <laughs> and serendipity things happen. Just click around me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't even name 95 countries, I don't think. Off the yeah, top of my head. Neither could I. And then I started <laughs> looking and you can see every single one. And I was like, yeah, we need an analyst or something. No, that was a country that's like this big on a map. And it was like, okay i'll take it though i'll take yeah. it because like my um my one song to you the remix mm -hmm. got put on discover weekly just for no reason which like people wow. pay so much money to get on those but like i don't i honest to god don't know how it happened and I just woke up one day and i was like my numbers are going like stupid for what and then i was just like oh my god the algorithm has decided to grace me today uh-huh and it stayed on discover weekly for like a really long time like it's still on discover weekly wow. which i don't know how and that happened like five months ago maybe and okay, cool i would just like look at because it's kind of hilarious you can see all the playlists that you're on on spotify um, some people would probably change the name of some of their playlists if they knew that. Um, but, <laughs> but it was crazy because I would see all these playlists in like crazy languages. And I was like, someone from I don't know where speaking <laughs> I don't know what is listening to me from Delaware? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, it's, right. that's, that's what that's, it is. That is awesome. It's insane. <laughs> I love oh, it. That's so cool. Makes me a little emotional. Yeah, it should. It's great. Yeah, I might relish, cry relish on it. the podcast. 
Oh, it's okay. I do it. All, I do it all the time. We can have just a cry sesh. We can just just let it let it come. You got it. You got it. You know, just let it go. Let it flow. <laughs> I at your age, I struggled with that. So the fact that you're in touch with your emotions. Uh, not, not to date myself too hard. I don't hard know here, if but. I would say I'm in touch with my emotions, but I will cry about my Spotify statistics. <laughs> For sure. That's that says something. Man. It's something. No, it's you gotta you gotta you gotta savor the moments when they come. <laughs> you know, take take the wins when they come, as they say. Totally, totally. So, what do you go to school for? Are you are you studying? Are you doing any music? Are you are you want to pursue a career <laughs> in music? Um, I'm sure everyone asks you this question, but um. Yeah, I'm gonna answer, and you're gonna be like, I'm a double major in political science and international relations, with a minor in Spanish. Nice. So, total opposite of the music scene that's like full of fun-loving hippies and I'm like over here doing politics and capitalism so that's <laughs> awesome but um yeah it's cr I don't I don't know how I got there like I yeah. do but I don't I, I went into college and I was super undecided and had mm -hmm. no idea what was going on and then I was like maybe I'll do business because I feel like people who don't know what they're doing just say business but then I was like, I don't think I like that. And then I was like, I took a gov class once in high school and that was pretty cool. Political nice. cartoons, that's what's up. So <laughs> I was like, politics it is. And then I realized that I hate domestic politics. So I said, let's chuck international relations in there. Just yeah, why not? There you go. And then languages are cool. I was always pretty good at Spanish. So I was like, that's fun. Yeah. And it's a good, good language to know. Yeah. And I was like, here I am. And then I went to Spain, did a study abroad there. So now I'm awesome at Spanish. <laughs> and uh, that's great. Yeah, how'd you like it? Fun. How'd you like it over there? Loved it. Could live there. Yeah. It was awesome. Just loved the lifestyle, loved everything about it. Trying to dip out of here and go to Madrid ASAP. <laughs> yeah nice yeah cool so that's that's the college experience for me yeah so you're, you're almost graduated so uh yep i graduate congrats. in may wow yeah how does that it, feel is that tripping you out or honestly you're ready very ready if you asked me that question like three months ago i would have been losing my mind but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like everyone's is around me is starting to have like the existential dread and they're like, what do I do with my life? What am I going to do? What am I yeah. doing? It's all crumbling around me and I, I'm an adult. I'm panicking, but I feel like now I've got like the, the good momentum going on music. And I just want to focus on that for a while because the whole time that I've been doing music, there's always been something else to focus on. Like, for six months out of last year, I studied for the LSAT to get into law school. So it's like, oh, wow. I was being pulled in a lot of different directions. And yeah. it's like, I just want to take some time to just yeah. do this because, That's great. you know, I, I feel like, I, I feel like I would, I would regret it if I didn't take the time that I have doing something that I'm like passionate about, you know, law school is always going to be there for me, but absolutely, this is not so. Yeah. Unless I jump on the opportunity and keep it going. And 
not going to stop that because that I know I was going to say that's your story is really inspiring and you know this show is this podcast is all about being inspired and we, we look at the projects that have inspired us and just yeah and just going for it and it is it's scary I, you know I say the fellow writers on the the showbiz storm or the creative storm and you know it is it is kind of you know less tangible of a route but you know, when you're really clicking on what inspires you and what gets you up in the morning and finding that passion, totally. it's, there's nothing like it. And there's plenty of time for existential dread and crises. <laughs> oh, God. Later. Don't get me started on that conversation. <laughs> yeah, those don't really necessarily go away later either. Um, oh, awesome. You know, so don't don't worry so about that. looking forward <laughs> to that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, coming like, out of this with a lot of positivity. <laughs> exactly i mean it's uh like law school the existential dread will always be there as well so i oh, think yeah. if you can if you can hone in on uh on something that, that you're passionate about and like you said you already have you already have some momentum and uh you're killing it thank so you i think i think it's a great decision i was i was going to try to nudge you in that direction if uh you know obviously it's your life your call but yeah could you imagine if i was like yeah i'm actually going to quit music and i'm going to law school in two months see yeah. ya I was, a little, I was a little nervous that was going to be your answer. And then no. I'd be like, oh, that's great. But maybe you should you know, sprinkle in a little, just sprinkle in a little if you can, you know. Do a little music on the side, maybe you in know. your dorm room at law school. In between court cases, you know. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can, you can do, you know, I do all kinds of weird stuff. Um, so, you yeah, know. I mean, I feel like there's no one, one time in my life, maybe, but it might not be this time i don't know who right. knows what's gonna happen and i feel like over the past like year and a half i just had to kind of step back and be like am i making all of these like life goals because i really want to or is it because i like that it sounds really good when i tell other people right. because i'm very like i need to get a 4-0 this semester and i need to read a bunch of books and, and be whatever right because, yeah. like it sounds awesome and I like doing it for myself but also I like saying stuff that sounds good and I like being like "Ooh, I'm successful but I was like is it really necessary that I like graduate in May and start law school in the fall and like yeah or is it just because I want to say that I'm going to law school in the fall and I was like eh. yeah when people ask you at uh whatever yeah, because, because saying I graduated in May and then they're like, what are you going to do? And being like, I'm taking time to do music. They're like, that's oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> that's cool. Congratulations. Have good luck. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. You're making me feel really awesome about it. You know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to law school. Forget yeah. it. You, you, changed you, my me, mind. you talked me out of it. I'm spending thousands of dollars just because it was a little bit of condescension in the conversation. but. Yeah, no, yeah, but, but then you just got to be like, I don't yeah, care. Do it, do it for you. No, I think I think it takes some maturity, emotional, intellectual maturity to say, I want to hunker down and hone in on this right now. And like you said, I'll regret it or I just feel like I want to regret to say, I feel like I want this. Yeah. And uh, I think that's great. You know, thanks. I feel, I, the validation feels good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we well, us artists, we got to we got to validate each other. We got to stick together. I know because it is kind of. I know it is a lot easier just to be like, yeah, I'm going to law school. You know, clear path, next rung on the ladder, you see it. Totally. 
but then to be like, oh, well, I think I'm going to do this and this album and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and they're like, they're kind of starting to zone out. You know, your, your answer is yeah. a little long now. Yeah. I, 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 I remember that very much. Um, yeah. I remember really not having a plan until like right before I graduated undergrad. Uh, yeah, I mean, my plan is that I'm winging it. That's great. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I feel like yeah. I'm young. Have you time. are. You do, and you have an no album. Reason to you have like... an album under your belt that you just released. That's awesome. I mean, that exactly. you just enjoy that. Jeez. Exactly. Savor let that. Let me for have this. Yeah. Just let me have this. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. I, I know. You know, people probably just. I know. I, I felt kind of attacked sometimes too when people were always asking me what I'm up to, and then I realized that they just like me and or they love me. It's like a family member. Or it's an aunt or uncle or whatever. Right. They just want to know. They just want the what's best for you. Yeah. So it's not that. Yeah, I, I remember internalizing a lot of that condescension <laughs> or whatever, or maybe I was I was probably projecting most of it on them, you know. Yeah. Like, Leave me alone. I'll figure it out. It's like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets you get really defensive really fast. And you're like, well, listen, here's my Spotify statistics. Ninety five countries. Take that. How many countries and are then, you in? Zero. Uncle Bob. Like, yeah. yeah, get just goes to anger really fast but i was like i gotta right. i gotta chill on that one yeah so i'm like if they don't get it that's fine i'm just gonna yeah. do my thing and if they think that i'm releasing covers on soundcloud that's their journey i guess <laughs> like that's on yeah. them yeah but well you gotta just be like you know, check this album out silhouettes it's uh it's something yeah it's really cool yeah, it feels good to have that um that like proof. I'm like right. It's something, something tangible. Real, I yeah. promise. Like yeah, I didn't spend a year doing nothing here. Just listen <laughs> once. Yeah, I'm oh, begging man. you. You shouldn't have to beg. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> oh um, man, well that's so cool. Uh, I'm gonna have to check in on you from time to time and uh, see, how, <laughs> yeah. see how everything's going with you. Yeah, you're gonna hit me up in six months. So I'll be like, I'm in law school. <laughs> yeah, right. No, just kidding. Probably you're not. like, I, I I bailed on the music. I'm like, oh no. I bailed. I'm in law yeah. school. I couldn't take the real world, quote unquote. Oh, God, I hope not. I no. hope I deal with it semi okay. No, I, I remember getting out of college. If I can give just a little bit of a, a little bit of nugget here, and then I'm gonna stop. I don't want to come off. I'm ready to listen. I need yeah. all the advice I can get. Yeah. Back in my day, like I don't, I don't want to go down that route, but um. Yeah, I just remember being like the real world versus now. And like you said, you know, friends are freaking out or, and, you know, what am I going to do? And then it happened and I was like, it's just more life, you know, yeah, it's, it's not right. this kind of line. And sure, you're not in school or, you know, or whatever, but it wasn't this kind of huge, like, I have to have it all figured out before I make that jump. Like, there's this line in the sand, like, clear totally. line. That's it. Yeah, and I, I feel like, in a way, not that I want to talk about the pandemic, which is the bane of everyone's existence, but being home, I feel like softens the blow a lot. Yeah. It's not like one day I'm going to go and I'm going to be partying and being crazy on like a Wednesday afternoon to I'm working a job and like I'm not on a campus anymore and I can't be crazy on a Wednesday afternoon. It's just like, I'm existing and I'm at home. Yeah. yeah. Like I've just been doing my work. Like I've just been work oriented for the last year. So it hasn't like school's been in like the background of that. Right. So it's like, 
it's been a softer transition i feel like than what it would be right which i like that cool yeah for sure sure. i know some people i know is gonna hit them real hard but i'm chilling so yeah (laughs) easy easy transition yeah that's interesting i uh yeah that does change the dynamic because it's like you're home anyway um yeah you're not on campus surrounded by a million people and then suddenly that that plug is pulled or whatever yeah so it's gonna be great you're gonna you're, you're, you're doing you're doing awesome keep it up thanks um all right well i am super pumped to dive into the 2004 wes anderson vehicle a life aquatic with steve zissou starring bill Murray. Owen Wilson, Kate Blanchett, Angelica Houston, and this was your pick, Olivia. And oh, yeah. um, I just rewatched it. It had been a while, and I just want to open with saying that I did see this at an early screening. Yeah, when I was in college, and this so I, I think it was like late tw- 2004 or so, which was you know the better part of 20 years ago now, which is <laughs> tripping me out a little. But uh, hey, but I'll never forget. I was uh, five, so you were five. I was 40. <laughs> uh, it's all good um yeah let's see that's 2004 i was uh i was like 20 yeah we love that yeah dating myself here it's cool (laughs) but i'll never forget uh speaking of technology and this this was this was before um wait no i guess facebook had just started but it was like yeah nobody there wasn't the iphone yet so i had like a i had just gotten i think my first cell phone it was a flip phone and i'll never forget it was we went to like a press screening of it and they were like right before it was about to open, so it hasn't fully opened yet. And they were so up our butts about the uh, the phones. They were like, "Put the phones away, because you know they're all cameras now." And oh I was like, God. "Oh, okay." And they like they literally like watched us like hit the off button and like they're like put it away. And they were, oh I was like, God. "Man, this is, this is intense." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna film it or anything," but you know, like now we got to be on top of this. And I just remember being like, "That was my first intro to being like phones can be a means of videoing." And, that is and, so funny. You know, pirating or whatever. On like a slide up phone recording the whole video. Yeah. That's so funny. But anyway, saw the saw awesome a bunch that of you were nerds. there though. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was and it was cool. It was cool. It was it was off campus. It was like at the, the local theater in Miami, um, where I went to college. And uh it was like everybody in the film program was there and we all were like, Oh cool. That's so sick. We like took the place over and we loved the movie. I mean it, it it blew our minds. And you know, we're all film nerds and you know, Wes Anderson's the hot the hotness still is yeah, of course still and, is. and he's great and uh anyway so that's like my story of when i first saw it but i think i saw it one other time but, but it's been over 10 years and so right dusting it off so yeah this was your pick olivia and uh yeah you want to tell us about why it was your choice kind of what uh what prompted it well i don't really know i feel like something about wes anderson films in general they're just very like quirky and mm-hmm. they're pretty to look at and there's always just like little oddities about it it's very like artsy it's not just like it's an action movie and that's it like it's yeah it's like artistic and that makes me want to be like artistic and you like come away from it and you're like i love creativity and yeah. i just like it's like art man inspiring and it's yeah. just like like i watched it again last night and it had been probably like a couple years since I'd watched it and I was like man 
there's just so many like little things that you're just like people are cool and art people are cool <laughs> yeah and that's just like i don't know it's just one of those like i appreciate art things if that makes sense right no i know it's like i'm glad this movie exists it's so creative yes. and, and you know when you were saying um we were talking about your album and kind of how you were you were a little bit over here you were a little bit over here you know obviously you're not in a box but there was this kind of overarchingness to it um i found myself thinking about that and, and thinking about Wes Anderson, because like you said, it's not just an action movie. Like how, if you had to pitch this movie in like a, in a second or two, it would be so hard. You're like, oh, it's this uh, action adventure, comedy, mockumentary at times. No, like making it like, I, I had like, that exact thing like happen Cousteau last night. Meets, yeah. Because I put it on my Snapchat and I was like, if anyone knows this movie, we're cool because you're cool. <laughs> yeah, that's your And so many test. people were like, responding and it was just not right not right nobody knew what it was and someone was like what is this and I was like well it's a comedy but it's not funny but it is funny but it's a drama <laughs> and like no. you'll like I cried at the end but also it's oh my god quirky yeah. and fun but like right. what is that and I think I that's cool because you can't just like it's action. And yeah, end of story. No, I was watching. Uh, I was watching the making of featurette, and it was like Wes Anderson directing the actors, which is really fun to just watch him kind of see kind of what's going through his head while he's looking at the right. monitor and, and looking at the actors. And you know, he was like, "Oh, it's kind of like making a Bond movie, but sort of." You know, and they're like, "Yeah, when the pirates show up, and it, and then people start getting like killed, and and yeah, and it's like there are moments where it's like, wow, this is actually kind of." And there's a lot of a lot of Wes Anderson movies like that uh, where suddenly it's like action, people are dying. Yeah, but All there's sudden, always kind of this lightness that kind of pervades. Yeah, and it's just like oh. even in the action, there's something that's like it's like a it's like a play. Yeah, and I just remember thinking that throughout the whole thing, I was like, this is like just a play because like even and I didn't realize off tangent, Matthew Gray Goobler is in this had no idea he's like one of the interns or whatever and when the pirates come and they like stab him or whatever right it's like that looks like a play from like eighth grade it's yeah. not trying to be like oh my god it's gruesome this hard, it's like hardcore grit, gritty action movie kind of whatever yeah yeah it's like i'm gonna play that back and it's like ridiculousness but like yeah that's so cool no, I love that. Wes Anderson said that he felt like, especially with, um, I mean, how great is the sawed off? They call it the sawed off um, set of the ship, of the Belafonte. Insane. And uh, the, the way the camera just floats from like room to room, I think that really does give it that theater edge where it's like, you almost can see, you know, the audience is out here. And there's something about Wes Anderson movies. And you said quirky, kind of want to talk about that for a second. There's kind of this meta-ness to it where it's like, it's not quite reality. It's like this heightened reality. The visuals, obviously some of the stop motion stuff was very, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, you're not looking at a real starfish or a real crab or. or yeah, the, the way the, that they the did jaguars. those, the little oh. animals is insane. Like so even cool. the first, when he has the, um, like the seahorse that the kid gives him and yeah. it's in a little plastic bag, but it it's like animated within the real plastic bag. Yeah. And he puts it into the champagne flute and like carries it. Awesome yeah awesome like, i know and there's there's this heightened reality to it but then it doesn't mean that it's a cartoon 
because no. it's like you said, I know I'm, I'm like, and Bill, Bill Murray, I mean, he's, he's a master, you know, I mean, his ability to like, just the subtlety of his faces and his reactions. And he's so funny and he's kind of yeah. got that dry humor. And you're never, throughout the whole thing, you are never going to ever, well, I mean, you're never going to catch Bill Murray acting, but like none of them is so like nonchalant and everything is so just dry. Just matter of fact. It's just yeah. like. Not over, not overdoing it. No. Um, and like, I love that one. It's just like, this could be a real conversation that I was having right now. Just some guy being like, yeah. So da, 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 da. not someone trying to be like, Oh my yeah. God. Like we're over at the sea top. and there's, yeah. there's sea monsters. And yeah, like, you know. literally even when like the pirates are there, he's still just being like nonchalant about things. And I just think that's yeah. so awesome. Cause he's not like, no one's trying to be a character. They just like are. Right. It's, just, it's so yeah. good. No, it's, it's master. And I, I, I think Bill Murray probably, I was watching some of the things and Kate Bunch, I was saying that she feels like that about him where you're like, you don't even feel like you're acting because it's just, and then it, it, it everyone kind of, it, it fans out to everybody else, you know, everyone yeah. picks up on that. And I think, yeah. And, and Wes Anderson's direction, uh, how there can be like insane things going on, but you're just playing it. So, so chill, so straight and so chill. Um, yeah. And it's just, you get to go into these like worlds that he builds and he's so good at world building. And I think that's what makes him one of the most exciting directors to follow and, and watch uh, his stuff. And, you know, and his team is really, really good. Um, let's see. I wrote down some of the players here uh, of the crew. So I'll talk about some of the crew real quick. The crew is awesome. I know. Um, director of photography, Robert Yeoman, who's actually from Philly. He's shot all of his live action stuff. So he's worked with Rob um, Yeoman on like everything. So just the visual language of the camera moving around and, and the way the... And I like how there's the docu edge in this where it's kind of floaty cam, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you're seeing a lot more of that nowadays and then you know, 17 years ago when this right. came out, I feel like that was a little more, um, a little more avant-garde. Yeah. Uh, the it's, like the, it's like the inception of like, we're watching the movie, but they're filming the docu, but then sometimes you're watching the docu shot and sometimes you're watching our shot and it's like, right. All coming together. It's so meta yeah so mad and the, awesome. cam the, the camera's rolling and he's like get that you gotta get that and then as yeah. soon as something really really like gross happens or a real emotional moment and yeah. he's like breaking down he's like turn the camera off get that out of my face turn the camera off yeah. you know as soon as it like awesome. makes him look bad um bill, bill murray's tragic clown portrayal it's called like the sad clown where yeah. he is so sad underneath and he's so brutally funny at the same time he pulls it off so well it's like this tragedy his life's falling apart it's like yeah. It's kind of this like midlife crisis, you know, he's like, oh man, I've been, it's been like seven, what was it, seven or eight years since I had a hit like, like documentary. Mm -hmm. So he's this oceanographer documentarian. Um, and then, and then this pass, I really noticed how much it's like Moby Dick because his friend's like killed by the Jaguar shark. Right. Right. And so it's about revenge. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people that are just kind of displaced. Like Kate Blanchett has a, has a baby coming with another man that, that they're not married and it's like, they're not yeah. together. Yeah. So they're all kind of orphans. And then, you know, Angelic Houston's like, peace, I'm finally leaving. Oh. Uh, and she bills. She's awesome. And every so scene good. between her and Bill Murray is just like. I know. Yeah. Owen Wilson playing the kind of like lovable, oh. you know, eyes full of wonder. Definitely a really fun role for him. I mean, 
I, I was listening to the making of and he was saying like, oh, this is actually kind of out of my comfort zone. I'm used to playing people with like a lot of problems and like angsty, right. snarkier. So I was just playing it like really, really honest and straight. Um, but it really, it really works as Ned, who's, Ned. It, this might be one of my favorite roles that he's done. I don't know. He was just awesome. Just like, yeah, so honest. Like you, yeah. How are you going to have a problem with Ned? You can't have a single problem with that. You can't, kid. Hit, you can't hit Ned. No. And like, um, when, even, uh, Will, when Willem Dafoe slaps him. Oh. And then he's like, I, owe I you love one. Willem Dafoe, but that's like. I know. I know you want to punch him back. But then, then they're cool. And, then they're cool. Well, and there's that whole relationship where Willem Dafoe feels like Steve's his dad. And then he even says later, he's like, I always awesome. feel like my dad's. <laughs> And then in comes Ned, so and you can funny. feel it's like this place. There's so many like orphans. Everyone's kind of an orphan, right? Yeah. And feeling very lost, and they're trying to kind of find their place. And this is all playing out in this like ridiculous ocean part Bond yeah. movie, part like we were saying, you know, like sci fi. And it's also, it's so cool because like I feel like in a lot of movies, you learn about the characters because they like have their own tangent. And it's like, now is the time of the movie where we learn the backstory of this person. Right. But there's not, it's just all coexisting and you're this just happening. making inferences and it's like the tiny little details and dialogue that's like, oh, did you just catch that? Because that just says a lot about who they are as a person. Yeah. And it's like the whole thing about, uh, I'm never on the A team. You're on the B team, but you're the captain of the B but team. you're the captain of the B and team. And he was like, like, he was like, really? Oh. Really? Yeah, and he like, was like the wonder in his eyes. And then he was like, I've always seen you as like our little brother, but I've always seen you as my dad. I know, <laughs> like, you guys are my dad. So yeah. funny. Yeah, I know. It's like there's a real father. It's it's funny. It's like you never really know, and you never really do you ever really find out if Ned's really his son or not. It's kind of like always on the table, but and I think that's that doesn't matter. That he and then yeah. even posthumously they adopt him, um, which brought a tear to my eye. Yeah, uh, but Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe said that he was like, I, I mean, every day is where I have one line or two lines on this movie, you know, on, yeah, at I work. Mean, but it's such a nice song. in this movie. Yeah, but he brings so much like physically and 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 like you said, just facial expressions and, and just the, the slightest line of dialogue or, or um, and it's funny you when you I think about this movie, I think of Willem Dafoe like, yeah, he might have twenty lines and you know, I love him so much. <laughs> I know. I don't know why, but like so I just great. love him. Me and too. I'm a huge fan. Of his he just killed. He always, it. he always just commits. And and, he, and I love that he said that in the making of. He's like, yeah, I'll have a line or two of dialogue some days, which really isn't much. But I'm here, and I'm and I oh, want. Yeah. I'm I'm here, and I'm I'm here. Like if if I'm not even on camera, and you just I'm looking at you, and and that's it, and that's my I want to contribute. So totally. it's like one of those actors that just, you know, sure he might not be like the lead or whatever, but. It was it was all the detail of the crew and the gang. Yeah, um, and I that and that's one of the other up. things where I feel like even when they're just having the scenes like where it's the wide shot of like the whole ship from that quirky theater angle. Yeah, it's like you see everyone doing their own thing, right? Fully embracing whatever character that is. Like there's always the guy yeah. playing the guitar at oh, all. Oh man, times, the David Bowie cover entire soundtrack, and it's sick. Oh. And it's like he's off doing his thing. Willem Dafoe is doing his thing. All the interns are doing whatever they're doing. Like, 
they might not say a lot, but like, if you just watch all of them doing their own thing, or even when there's like a big scene going on, if they're just in the background, like they are acting the whole time and they are doing that thing and their facial expressions and their little mannerisms, like watching Willem Dafoe in the background of a scene with Bill Murray and like Kate Blanchett or whatever, and him just making like little faces is just like perfect. Yeah. It's just awesome. Oh, I know the, the attention to detail and everyone is so committed hundred percent. Uh, you mentioned the soundtrack. I, I looked it up and uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, who is a member of the band Devo composed the score, mm-hmm. which yeah, um, you can, it has a really kitschy kind of sound. And, um, but yeah, the music, uh, the David Bowie covers on the, I forget the crew member's name, but he's always like rocking out on the guitar. He's like, uh, shoot. Pele. <laughs> Pele. Yeah. Pele. Nice. Nice. You got it. Cool. Pele. I was like, I'm going to have to look it up. Um, yeah. It's just like all the elements kind of gelling together so well. And, it, and the, the outfits and there's this kind of like out of timeness to Wes Anderson where it's like, maybe it's the seventies, maybe it's the eighties. You have no idea. Yeah. The attention no to detail of like, Oh, uh, Mark Friedberg is a production designer. Uh, he's done some of the other uh, Wes Anderson movies as well. And just, you can tell these guys all like are all on the same page. Cause there's this, like some of the technology that they have, you know, the cameras and the, the, right. the computer, the computers inside the ballot, right. inside the, the ship. It's like, it looks right. like it's from the seventies or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then and they're like, kind of on the, this. The coloring of the movie is kind of like seventies vibes. Very yeah. Retro. Yeah. Very retro looking. Yeah, like exactly. For sure. I love it. Yeah. Um, And then back to the soundtrack. One of my favorite things, which will never fail to make me cry, is the last scene when they're in the little submarine thing and the jaguar shark is there and all that stuff. And they play the song by Sigaros, which is my favorite band. Oh, cool. Love them. I've seen them in concert and it was a life changing experience. And that's just, the song is perfect and everything is just, the dialogue is perfect. And the song continues out of the scene into like the ending of the movie. And it's just, it's perfect, no complaints. And that's just one of those things that you watch and you like, you turn off the movie and you're like, I want to do something that's like artsy because that was just really artistically so inspiring yeah so satisfying it's not it's not just a visual feast it's not just a character exploration yeah the music the the whole honestly i i i kind of almost compare wes anderson like kubrick you know who's one of my one of my absolute favorites and just the attention to detail of all the aspects of it and you could tell he has such a strong vision and he has the confidence to communicate that vision and and get the right people on board that are on board with that vision yeah and there's, and, uh, there's not a single aspect that's missing that takes mm. you out of that world. Like you are so far into that little cosm that's like yeah, you, it's real. You're done the movie and you're like, what just happened for the last like hour and forty five minutes? Because yeah. I was like in it. It's so cool. Just like, yeah, I love escapism stuff and like one of the points of my whole album is that I wanted it to be very like escapist. Like I wanted you to listen and just be like, I'm on another planet. I'm check doing out, something check else. Check out for a minute. 
let me check out and I can be yeah. whatever world I want to be in. And I just think that's so cool. And I just feel like that's what art should be all about. So I feel like when I watch any Wes Anderson film, I'm just like, I'm checking out for the entirety of this movie because I'm just like so in it because it just creates another universe. And I just think that's so Yeah, I liked awesome. how you like used the word cousin. Yeah, that's oh. great. Like, it's really like, what um, it is. It's really what it is. It's another reality. But it all makes sense within the reality. Totally. And yeah. it's not like... It's all very realistic, but not at the same time, which is so right. cool. It has its own language and, and, and vibe. Right. Totally. Oh, it's so good. It. It's just so ah, good. It's so good. It's so good. Ah. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's so good. It's, it's, it really... I know. It's so inspiring. Um, and it's so funny. And Oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum... Uh, Michael Gambon, uh, you know, some just great. And it, that's I, again, just just small parts, but like adding yes. so much to it with just not even like overdoing like it, but just adding that right amount of crazy, spice. Crazy heavy hitter actors playing the tiniest little roles, and Wes Anderson does it all the time, which I think is so yeah. sick. And you can you can tell they just like they like like being in the world, you know. I mean, totally that's fun for them. Like Jeff Goldblum not that many lines in this movie he was not yeah. a main character but like he is that guy and you yeah. have like thoughts about him throughout the movie yeah he's, like, he's there you have feelings because he just like makes a character so like yeah he like commits him, you're not he supposed commits. to like him but you want to like him i know he's kind of douchey yeah. rich yeah and, but then like at the end they hug it out and you're like yeah, yeah. Like and then they like, bust him. They bust him out of the uh, from the pirates, and he gets I shot. Forgot, <laughs> I forgot that whole thing happened. Like, you're I here to rescue why. me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a fold, and he's playing. Oh poker. yeah. It's like I forgot that whole thing happened. I don't know why I like blocked that scene out for some reason, but it was <laughs> happening, and I was like, oh my god, Jeff Goldblum is there, and he's playing poker with the pirates. That's awesome. This is so funny. What? The and he's all like beat up, like they've kicked his ass. And right, like, but he's in he's like a bloody. stupid t-shirt. Oh yeah. Like a graphic tee. Right, right, right. It's like really tight. It's like a child's t-shirt. Yeah, it's kind of like dress, so dress, funny. dressing young. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's hip, you know? He's super hip. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason that these actors work with him over and over and over again and, and vice versa. You know, I think that there's, like you said, there's just this kind of cosm to, you know, and an out of timeness to a lot of his projects, um, right? And uh, it's just the world building and the attention to detail. Like I was watching the making of, and there was a whole scene where uh, it was just Bill Murray getting in like a, a shirt, and it was just Wes Anderson being like, "Yeah, button, button the top button. No, no, you unbutton it. Mm, does that does that frill up a little? You know, on the right. collar?" And they're like, they're having this like serious conversation. But there's this but light and even frothiness tiny to it. details just make the characters so much more, like, full. Exactly. And even, like, I I was, like, writing down a couple things that just, like, stuck out to me. And mm -hmm. it's the, the tiniest little thing. It's, like, in the beginning. And he takes out his earring and throws it because one of the guys or whatever, he was, like, he wears a gay earring or right. something like that. So he's, like, angry and he throws it. And then he automatically puts his hand out and Ned goes and gets the earring and brings it back to him. Yeah, like, he just knows he's going to go grab it and bring it back to him. Exactly. That's genius to take it out and throw it and then just go. Yeah, like, like oh, I actually do want that. <laughs> it's perfect. And then he saves it and like puts it in his pocket. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. He, 
he didn't want to take it out. He just was like being kind of douchey. Well, like, and that that's such a microcosm of of where he's at too. You know, he's he's really hurt. He's been beat up by the the disappointment, and, and you know, it's been a while since he's really been in his artistic stride as a right. as a uh, oceanographer, documentarian filmmaker. Um, and he, he does care so much about his image, and he cares so much about what everyone thinks. And you could see like the chinks in the armor and the cracks in the armor are there and it's like uh. but then it's also bill murray and has this like way of just kind of just letting it fly off of, off the surface and letting things deflect off of him and he always has a quip you know right. but you can feel the the hurt underneath and that's what gives yeah. us this, this poignant story about a father and maybe son kind of arc maybe son <laughs> yeah and there's this like everyone and then like you know, everyone kind of wants to find their their place in the family and yeah you know it's just it's beautiful stuff it's really powerful it's got it all yeah, you know I feel, like, I feel like I I watched that movie when I was younger I'm gonna sound like oh I'm so young but like obviously you don't pick up on like those super tiny details and like fully appreciate them when you're like 12 right so I feel like I watch it now and like in recent years I'm like dang yeah you start to see the, the levels hurting like oh really hurting it's like so subtle though and yeah not like really paying attention you would just think that he was like an asshole just but then dick. you're like yeah oh wait he's going through it yeah and it's kind of like not that i like justify some of his behavior but like yeah i do like i you yeah, get it. and you feel so, you feel so much for. Well, the and there and there's a there's a redemptive quality to it. I mean, I think his journey is, and by the end, he's like, you know, okay, I listen back to uh, what stuff. That, I want Kate Blanchett finally right. writes the piece, right? The cover, the cover piece, and uh, it's like, okay, yeah, I said a lot of juicy things, and uh, you know, but I did, and that's me, and right, and and he kind of like, kind of owned up to it, and that's what gave it the realness that he was missing in everything he was doing. Yeah. So when he finally is very meta like you said there's the movie life aquatic and then there's the movie within the movie um and it's like the making of the movie in the movie right and uh once he finally says this is who i am and he puts it on the table and he grows and learns and oh man when when he adopts when he adopts ned after he dies can we just talk about the, the death sequence i forgot i forgot that, um, ned, that ned dies in the movie yeah and i'm actually Spoiler. I think it, it, it spoiler. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, everyone's like, "All right, I'm never listening to the show what? again." You're gonna kill he Owen Wilson? Dies? I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Owen Wilson should never die in anything. No, he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, there's that scene where it's like, "Oh, this is gonna hurt," and the the helicopter crash, oh. and then it's like, Bill Murray surfaces and he's like, "Oh my God, Ned, Ned!" Oh, and then it's like, "Oh, Ned's over there, kind of hanging onto the side of the downed helicopter." But then we bob like very much like Jaws, um, like the Jaws cam. We like bob underwater and it's just the red of the blood and it's soaked through. Because it doesn't even start like automatically and you think he's fine. Yeah. And, and the like movie. false hope. Yeah, false he, like, hope. And the movie's kind of. the about, helmet and they're talking and it's the water is bobbing, but it's like, it's fine. Water's clear. And then you. Yeah. A couple times it's like a little pink. And then you're like, again, uh, and it's like whole thing is red blood and you're like yeah i know it's, it's like so, shocking you're like he's dead yeah oh my god and 
And then like the funeral where like where they dropped they dropped this coffin into the water with like the Steve Zissou like flag wrapped around it and it slowly you know unravels and and falls. So powerful. Isn't that the only time that you see the flag that he made? Yes, you're right. I didn't put that together. That was a good use of it. But yeah, like it's like you said, you know, there's there's this kind of um, oh. oh my god. And what's that song by the zombies? Um, oh right. Um, I wrote it down in my notes. Just gotta find it. But yeah, like you said, like there's a lot of people are kind of getting killed. You know, his, his partner gets killed in the beginning, and that sets off the whole revenge nature of it. Um, so it's like people are dying, yes, but when Owen Wilson dies, you're like, oh no, this movie's not not just a silly romp anymore. Yeah, it hits. Hits hard. It hits really hard. I, I was I was definitely a wreck. Went on, yeah. went on with the dust. Yeah. I was just, I was not looking forward to that because I knew I was going to be. Yeah, really you, you, re- you remembered. You're like, oh, why did I choose this movie? I remembered, and I was like, oh, I have to watch him get put in the ocean. Like, that's so sad. I know. But then, oh man, when they leave the chair for him at the premiere, like for his spirit, basically, that was so powerful. And then they end up adopting him. And then it's like, he's there, you know, it's like, he's there beyond death. And, and he's, he's helped heal Bill Murray. He's helped heal Angelica Houston. They're back together. Um, so it's like, I always, I always thought, oh, remember they're going to do a gene test and it's going to be like, oh, he's not really our son, but whatever. And they, but yeah, they're like, they never go there's there. There's no conclusive ending because you don't need it because whether you need it. kid or not, right. it doesn't matter because he, he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh, it's like maddening how good it is. I know. You ever get that where you're just like. You're like, damn you for being so good. I'll never be able to make anything. I know. I, I've had that problem <laughs> where things are so dauntingly powerful and well put together. And uh, and you're like, I'll, I'll never be able to do anything this good. Why am I even. And then it, it, it kind of is self defeating. But yeah, I, 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 always, I always phrase it like, it can be done. You know, these are all human beings involved. This isn't some divine, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't. God's walking among amongst us. These are people right. that just found each other and, and and got the, you know, made the magic happen and the trust, mm-hmm. you know. Just um, once you start getting awesome creative people who have just like that sick vision and it all comes together, like it can be done. Just yeah, get the right people. Right, and 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 the commitment, you know, the follow through right. from everybody, and and not doubting it. Apparently, so they went over budget about eight million, and I was watching a ten-year retrospective, and it was it was actually uh, Jeff Goldblum interviewing Wes Anderson, and uh, yeah, they're in like some hotel lobby or whatever. I don't, you know. Oh, I have to watch that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and then they were like, "Yeah, we went eight million over budget," Um, and we were like, "Well," and then the investors were like, "Okay," and he's like, (laughs) "Fast forward ten years later, like, you're not going to get away with that now. You know, there's no way that." Um, that is so funny and then I here I am thinking you know we, it's such a great thing it's such a powerful movie and I just thought it was a big old giant hit um, you know but apparently it was 50 million dollar movie all said and done and I think they ended up box office they ended up recouping like 35 of it so unfortunately it wasn't a, an original hit but it's become a cult classic now like all the West's stuff and totally um, but you're like man like- Sucks I think that either I, in the know or not, like yeah, like I was in the know when, like I said, I, I saw it right away. You're an OG. I, 
have an OG and it was like a packed theater. I'm like, oh, this movie's a huge old hit. Yeah. And, but I'm glad that movies like this exist um, and that people funded it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because it really is just one of those movies like after I watched it last night, the first thing I, I sent a Snapchat to one of my friends, I was like crying and I was all upset because the last scene just like makes you oh. a wreck. And oh god like, it was a mess I just love movies i know like, it just it's just one of those movies where it's like i yeah. love that this exists like i'm glad that people like this exist to make this happen i'm glad actors exist and i'm it just makes you like feel fulfilled in like an so inspiring way yeah it's so inspiring i know it's like a fine wine you're just like drinking you're like oh yeah like this is just yeah, it's like the more you get into awesome. it the more you watch it you're just like there's so much stuff that you just don't pick up on and like, like i feel like i've seen that movie so many times and there's just like still catching stuff and yeah like someone thought about that like everything is purposeful and i just think uh-huh. that's so cool and like that's sort of i guess why i i picked the, that movie to talk about because like when you do an album or any type of music, so much thought goes into every single aspect of it. But when you're listening to it as just like a listener, it's like, this is funky. This is cool. I like it. Right. Or, you know, whatever your reaction is going to be. But it's like someone took the time for every tiny little detail to like, Those decisions. literally like the decibel decisions. And it's like being able to appreciate that Mm-hmm. It's so cool. So then it's like when you watch something else in a different artistic fashion that has that same like detail and just like intensity and like purpose, it's just like so gratifying. And you're just like, mm. I love artistic people. It just makes you, like, it makes you emotional to yeah. like be an artist and all that stuff. It's just like, oh, it's heavy. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's so inspiring. And, and that's what that's what the show is all about. And I, I know I've, I've been like intimidated by projects or directors or, or actors and, or, you know, anybody. I'm just like, man, they're so good. And I like I like to just enjoy their work and not be. And, and, and again, like I love what you said before about. Feeling the pressure to mimic, you know, we're talking about music, but it applies right. to any any art. Totally. We're like, yeah, I, I love Wes Anderson. And he's one of my, you know, he's definitely one of my favorites. And I'm so glad that this is the first Wes movie we're doing on the, on the podcast, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. So that's great. Um, but you never, you always want to do you, right? Mm-hmm. So I, that's kind of been my, 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 my self-defense mechanism when I start to feel like really overwhelmed and overpowered mm-hmm. by, by people. Um, but it's like you said, when, when everything's all said and done, it's just a movie. But there's all the sub-decisions from all the aspects Right. You know, and the editing, the, the the filming, the sound design, uh, you know, the costumes, the wardrobes, the sets. And then they all just the director kind of just all rallies all the departments together under the banner and has the belief in the project and the through line to mm-hmm. kind of see it all gel together. And uh, I mean, yeah, and when it works, it's just uh, it's lightning. It's lightning. But it's I mean, that's, that's even going back to the proverbs of my father he says so many little nuggets of just wisdom. Yeah. Um, but sometimes like we both get in this space where we're just like, uh, what would this person do if they were writing this song? Or what would the next move be if it was Harry Styles or whoever? Blah, 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 blah. 
or like, you know, what chord progression would Chris Martin do? And it's like, they're just people. And he says that all the time. It's like, they're just, they're just musicians doing the thing that we're doing right now. They're sitting at a piano or they're sitting on a guitar or sitting in the studio, just trying to be creative. Trying to make it, make it work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I feel like you're always in this mindset of like, Oh, like I wish I was one that, that did that. It's just so good. It's it's maddening, and I just, oh, like it's just too good, and it's just like yeah. frustrating. But then it's also like, they're just people doing the artistic thing, trying to be creative, and it's like, you know, there might be someone out there who listens to one of my songs and goes, oh, that's maddening. I wish I wrote that. It's like we're all just people, and art is just, you know. It's cool. Yeah. So you can't, I, I draw, like, draw inspiration, not intimidation. You know? Yeah. You can't, you can't put them against each other. You just gotta, you just gotta do it. Just gotta. Yeah. That, that, get, that gets you in yeah. your head. Yeah, exactly. Once you start getting in your head about it, then it's over. Then you're just, you know? phew, uh, that's a slippery quick. slope of self doubt, which gets you mm. in a lot of trouble. <laughs> which, you know, us artists, we, we have enough of that already innately. Oh God. We don't need more. <laughs> It's never ending it's like midway through doing the album I remember I was just I was just listening down one night just everything's just like kind of rough just kind of listening to whatever and I was like is any of this any good <laughs> like yeah I was like I this might all be hot it's garbage pretty trash yeah and I was like how much is that gonna suck when I release this and everyone hates it and you just like get into that like negative talk thing. It's like mm. you just spiral yourself. And it's like, what's the you, point of that? Because then the next can. day I got in the studio and I'm listening and I'm like, this is awesome. So it's like, yeah, that night of frustration and like bitterness isn't going to get me anywhere. Like, there, it's no, no. Purpose. And I'm so glad you said that. It serves no purpose at all. And that's great. None. Like, if, okay like being a little critical and being like obviously the, the desire to want to refine and be better totally. and, you know but yeah when it gets to the point where the self-doubt is just a wave coming at you like that's not going to get you anywhere ever <laughs> yeah like obviously i'm gonna want to listen to myself and i'm gonna want to make changes to make it the best that it can possibly be but then listening to a song and saying oh but it's not the beatles is like why would i do that to myself or being like oh my god it's not as iconic as this song or it's not it doesn't sound as good as this person or blah, 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 blah. like what would this person do or maybe I should change this to fit what I think someone else would like why am I gonna do that it's just mm. you're I'm because I'm not gonna change it to fit what I think anyone else is gonna do it's gonna stay the same yeah but it's just gonna it's just that mental game where it's just destructive <laughs> and like yeah it does nothing Cause then it's like, you just, if you can just get past the couple hours or couple days of the self-doubt and just let it, let it come and high go. intensity criticism, then you're going to come out of it and be like, actually, you know what? This is really dope. And this is awesome. And I do like this. Yeah. And it's fine the way that it is. And I don't need to change anything. And you got to, you got to give yourself the permission to play in the sandbox and just, and just have totally. fun, you know? Totally. Because if, if you have all the self-doubt on your monkey on your shoulder, it's just, it's going to kill any kind of stride that you, uh, which sounds like you guys definitely had. Um, <laughs> yeah, we try. Yeah, no, I mean, 
And then the other thing is just like, of course, any artist is going to look at their thing through the artist lens, but it's like, no one is listening or, you know, like no one's listening to my music through my vision. Like people are just trying to enjoy it. Like if people are watching a movie, they just want to enjoy it. If people are listening to an album, they just want to enjoy. And, you know, if they're looking at a painting, they just want to enjoy that. And like, but no one's going to look at it unless you're like a critic and that's your job. But I feel like for the most part, people just want to find enjoyment and stuff. And they're not going to listen and be like, oh, well, I really wish the vocal was a little louder. (laughs) I really wish that the bass was up by a half decibel. Like no one cares. Just like, yeah, yeah. I just want to like stuff. It's not like the critics at the Olympics with like the number on the thing, you know, 9.8 or whatever, you know, no, it's people, people, they have it on, they're cooking, they're, uh, yes, it's people on Spotify getting ready for the day. Like, yeah, people winding down or putting my music on their shower playlist. Like, they don't care. Yes. Like they're just vibing. That's a coveted playlist to be on, I hear. Oh, I know. I see the shower playlist in my in my stats, and I'm like, You made it. I've I've done it. I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the the end all be all is the shower playlist. That's great. Oh man. <laughs> and you know, I mean to go back to Life Aquatic, I mean, I feel like Bill Murray's arc is he's trying to be somebody else to a degree. And then it's like, oh, yeah. and, and then he wants revenge and he's like, but at the end of the day, you know what they say, like when you want revenge, you're gonna have to dig two graves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, his obsession for revenge, like very much like Moby Dick was just a dark path. And then when he finally just found himself and made peace with who he was, mm-hmm. um, it was redemptive. And mm-hmm. he was able to kind of, it, was, it wasn't a tragic arc, it was a, a positive arc, you know? He's a tragic character to a degree where he's haunted and, and all that um but right. but it ultimately rises up at the end because he just lets himself be himself right and the journey was beautiful and it was real and it was powerful you know and it wasn't yeah. forced and and then okay the, originally they were like all right we're gonna kill this kill the shark right the jaguar shark and then it's like you can't kill it oh uh, the backers say you can't kill it he's like well right. i'm gonna i'm gonna fight it fight it but i'll let it live but i'll let it live (laughs) and then i mean that the wonder of it was anything but uh, a violent confrontation with the jaguar shark it was this beautiful like any even his own face was just like oh wow the the wonder of it all and the one line that gets me might start crying on the podcast is when he goes i wonder if it remembers me as it's watching it float around the submarine the top of the sub yeah and then angelica houston goes it really is beautiful steve and like Mm. that's perfect that's beautiful what do you how are you gonna make that any better you can't i know it's just yeah it's like they got back in touch with why they started in the first place why are they here they're they're not here because they're personalities that are like film people you know like the the business side of it starts to take over and you can almost forget like we were talking about the wonder of, of just being an artist and right. why we do it. Um, we don't do it to sound like somebody else. We don't do it. You know, it's, it sucks that there has to be the business element, you know. Of course, it's a drag. Or, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it, I think that there is an, an, an innate conflict there. But, but that aside, like they really found their wonder again and like why they, why they started doing this in the first place. 
Totally. And uh, and then the family came back together. Angelica Houston came back. They adopted Ned, granted posthumously, but they're still when a family. Like, when he's 30 and dead. <laughs> oh, God, I know. No, but that that's another line that's just like iconic when he goes up to her and he goes, I think we should, you know, adopt. And then she goes, he's 30, Steve. <laughs> but like, it's just, it's just so good. But then she's like, agrees <laughs> and they yeah. get it. It's just, and then he gives Jeff Goldblum a hug. Like, what do you, come on. It's not oh, perfect. God, it was so perfect. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's awesome. just, it's so good. No, I, 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 lo- I love the arc to it. I really do. I, I feel like Will Ferrell movies kind of take that arc where it's like, you start as like the khaki dick who's been yeah. doing it for so long. And then you have the kind of fall and the humility. And then you, and by the end you've grown and you've gotten more real um, and, and shed just, the persona, you know? It's just like the, the lovability of the character like you just want him to get out of it so bad i know you're like, really rooting for even, him and i for some reason didn't catch this when i would when i ro- watched the movie before is when the crew is like watching the old documentary and and then willem defoe is like that's how it used to be and like steve sees that and it's like he's yeah. not even trying to really be anybody else he's just trying to be what he used to be and that might be even more upsetting than if he was trying to be somebody else yeah like it used to be awesome and that sucks yeah well once you start once you start kind of like reaching backward for something that was instead of growing yeah there's a there's an arrested development kind of or chase or chasing right chasing what worked before um yeah. in like the good old days or whatever and we always you know we always compartmentalize our lives that way I think it was like oh man back in the good old days but it's like but yeah, I think that's hilarious always got to look you always got to be look, looking for the next um otherwise it's going to come off yeah it's like you know if you do if you did another album you know next year or whatever and uh it sounded just like this album you know that would uh, not be it yeah it's the same think. it's the same deal it's like you're always kind of and that's tough as an artist because it's like yeah. we kind of we do kind of start to find our comfort zone and then yeah. we're, we're perceived for one way it's like all right well and everyone loved that last album or whatever and i i have this conversation with people all the time because that's one of my biggest pet peeves i think is when people say like uh i miss the old so-and-so like no no because <laughs> that might have been awesome and you can appreciate whatever the old so-and-so was but like yeah. let people move forward and right like let people progress because like Mm. I don't know I feel like that's just such like a toxic way of looking at things especially like artistic things because like yeah again putting people in boxes too like putting people in this right the parameters that you want to project onto them and it's like maybe you connected more with their old stuff but don't say like like people always say like I miss the old Kanye and it's like okay I get it maybe that was his better stuff and maybe he's like kind of crazy right now but like let him rock <laughs> and let him do his thing yeah like I don't know those comments just like drive me crazy because like I if know. someone came up to me and was like uh I missed the old live when you did the music that you were doing when you were 15 I'd be like f off <laughs> What's that? like why <laughs> like yeah, why yeah. would you let me progress yeah let me grow let me spread my wings let me fly yeah <laughs> I just want to totally grow. No, and I think there's a lot of that, that what we're talking about now with projecting and egos and character and like, you know, Steve Zissou in this world, he, you know, he's been known for this and this essentially kind of a little bit of inspired by definitely Jacques Cousteau, right? You know, the underwater diver. 
um, French diver. I even call him Steve Zissou. It's a very French name, even though it doesn't have a French accent. It's fine. Right. <laughs> but That's there's that. Really <laughs> yeah. There's that element of, uh, I, I don't know, like maybe day one, they're like, all right, you're going to be French. And then Bill Murray's right. like, yeah, I'm just, I'm I just didn't Bill even, Murray. I didn't even think of that. That is actually so funny, just within <laughs> itself. Yeah, Steve Zissou is like a very French name, but. Right. But it's like, yeah, it's like maybe I used to be this or there's this persona and now I'm in a box and now, and now society's projecting this onto me and kind of how egos and, you know, fame and, and those things. And you can see the, the destructive nature of, of a lot of that and what it does to people because yeah once once you said like i want to still be this thing but i'm a person that's growing and i'm on this journey and then i'm trying to fit into this box of who i am perceived as and who i am or was or whatever then i think people start to like go schizophrenic and and uh yeah it's it can be really damaging you know yeah it's it's deep it's deep <laughs> and yeah it's, and you and you think it's Ooh, it's a it's a quirky little movie, but then you start talking about it like this, and you're, you're like, like, "Damn, oh, dude, yeah, it's like Moby here Dick." Comes, here comes the existential dread that we were talking about in the beginning. We've made our way back; it's come full circle, and we're back always, on existentialism. So <laughs> yeah, no, I love I love the existentialism. Um, some of my favorite stuff are like when, yeah, yeah, like there's the surface narrative, and that and that's very fun and it's beautiful. But then, yeah, there's so many things that make you think and i think that's what good art uh when good art's clicking and it's not always necessarily ramming it over your head it's not like you don't feel like you're in school and the lesson is you know the lesson is in uh i feel like it should be subtle i feel like that's what makes it art powerful right and that's how you can absorb it and it's more palatable you know it's not just like don't be a dick dick you know it's not it's not like that that. sucks (laughs) you're like he's washed up that's it. That's the whole movie. Like, who wants that? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. That'd be, that'd be too... That'd be horrible. That'd be too hard. <laughs> I want to see Steve really go through it, but also be super lovable. That's what I want to say. Yeah. And at, and at the end, you can see they really were resonating. They made something that was real. Because it was the journey that we had with them, right? It's the movie, but then it's the movie within the movie. And there for all those beats. And then uh, Kate Blanchett finally publishes a cover story and it's raw and it's gritty. And he's like, you're a great writer. Right. I'm going to sound like a dick, but I guess I am. Right. <laughs> when he literally said that she was like a horrible writer in the beginning and makes her cry and all that. Oh business. my God. Yeah. Like, you're a phony. Yeah. whatever. You're, you're a phony. <laughs> oh yeah. God. That is so funny. No, it's because he was, he was under the microscope and didn't like it. And he was feeling really hurt. He, he was, was being phony. If we're being honest. He was being really phony and he was really hurting and he didn't really know. He didn't know how to take the criticism. Yeah. That, that earring heat. scene we talked about kind of sums it up. You know, want to wear an earring? Fucking wear an earring. <laughs> right. If you want to wear your little stud, wear it. Just go for it. So funny. Oh, man. Oh, God. It's so good. It's just it's so, so good. good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think it's a perfect movie. And um, I, I, yeah, honestly, it, I think it's, it's gone. It's gained a lot of cult following. Obviously, Wes Anderson is celebrated. And I think this is always going to be a celebrated part of his canon now. And, um, you know, so many awesome people coming together. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be rotating in a lot more now. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't know when when you asked me like what what's a what's a good movie? Da, 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 I was like, uh, off the top of my head, I have no idea. I feel like I watch so many movies, and I was like, 
let me let me go up and look at our uh, collection of DVDs. Yeah, I love and that. Hard copy. That's, oh yeah, hard copy, big hard copy people. And uh, <laughs> that was the first thing I saw, and I was like, haven't thought about that in a while, but like, damn, glad I did because I was like, I forgot how much I loved this movie, and it's just like. I feel like it's one of those things that like floats under the radar and then you like really watch it and you're like, yeah, where has this been? Like, I know hiding in plain sight, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. literally, literally because it was in the first stack of DVDs right up front. And I was like, top, yeah, it was top shelf, right, right there, <laughs> right there. And I haven't watched it for so many years. It was right there the whole time. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid idiot. No, that's how it goes. I mean, you know, for me, I'm always trying to watch the new stuff and I'm trying to, you know, stay current. But, you know, when you when you love a movie and it's talking to you, I mean, like you said, you catch you catch more on every viewing. And that's the beauty of some of these. They're meant to be watched multiple times because totally. they're, they're so dense. And, you know, you, you miss a joke because you're too busy laughing at the one before, you know, until right. the fourth time you watch it. And then, you know, right. then you laugh at that joke and then you catch that joke. So, so, or you notice, much. you notice that detail, um, you know, and uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's just, that's really the only way to describe it. It's just so good. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like this makes me want to go on like a Wes Anderson binge and like tonight I want to watch like Grand Budapest Hotel. And oh, I love that one. Moonrise Kingdom and all that. I yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. I actually, are- I haven't done Tannenbaums in a while. Um oh, oh man that one's great you gotta see that one i just outed myself not a true movie fan just kidding no 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 it's okay <laughs> no no you're uh this was a this was a great pick I don't know, we, we were talking on the phone a couple days ago and kicking some ideas around and you were oh, like yeah. i'm really thinking about life quick and i was like oh man that's like and we just kind of landed yeah, on right away really... it was like boom done and even on the phone i framed it. i was like you're either gonna be hype or you're gonna think it's garbage and there's i feel like there's no in between like either yeah you know what's up or you've never heard of it before um yeah because you know apparently everyone on my snapchat thought that it was holes like the shia labeouf movie like, are you guys okay <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious but why would they I'm think glad, that uh-huh. i don't know i don't know <laughs> is the cover art similar not at all <laughs> is there a submarine is there a submarine in a hole definitely in not like, <laughs> the picture that i put said like steve zisu on like the it was on my yeah. computer and everyone was like is that holes with shia labeouf no yeah no i know i was i was re-watching it um and i'm just texting a bunch of people and yeah but i can't tell you people are like oh i love that movie i love that movie so i think it's it's found its audience. It might that have taken makes, a look. That makes me feel better because apparently yeah. my group of people is not with it, and they're. Yeah, you might have to do some uh, some soapbox preaching. Yeah, but, I told uh, them all. I was really disappointed. I was like, <laughs> we're not friends. Thought more highly of you guys. You've I'm dumping you. Painted your views. Yeah, <laughs> like can never yeah. look at you the same. Yeah, no, maybe I'll maybe because of this this interview, this will inspire them to. To check it out and uh or watch it I again so you know i mean if this conversation doesn't make you want to go watch it if you haven't seen it already then we blow i it. don't know i don't know what's <laughs> what's gonna motivate you to see it because like yeah. i think we just covered everything i think we just I had like a therapy session 
I know. I know. Isn't this great? I love, <laughs> I, I love, I love this. I, I love doing it. It's funny. I've been doing this at the beginning of the pandemic too. You talk about doing your album and I've been doing this show and it's just, it's been so good for my soul. Um, Honestly, it does feel like therapy. <laughs> I think we just had a free therapy session. I just got therapy for free. Wow. Yeah. Same. I mean, so thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. love it. I love it. Whatever, whatever gets it out. It doesn't matter. I know. Well, it's like we're artists and we're looking for inspiration and, uh, cocooning ourselves in the media that we love it's yeah. a nice a nice uh contrast to just the news which is pretty hard right now pretty tough and uh and like i i said this uh when we were talking on the phone about like 90 percent of all the content that i've been taking in throughout the pandemic has been podcasts so being mm-hmm. on one is like yeah i've, I've done it i feel really so great cool. about this <laughs> yeah you I should just, i watch podcasts like 24 7 my parents are probably over because they just hear people talking like just constantly throughout the house. Yeah. But I love it. I love podcasts. They just make me happy. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I lo- I've discovered it too. I They're discovered awesome. it by doing it. And then I'm like, of course, now I'm listening to a lot more. And yeah, it's just great. And uh, you got to focus on what you love and what inspires you. And because uh, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to comfort ourselves because, you know, as we said, the doubt, the doubt is real anyway. You don't want to mm-hmm. feed that. <laughs> so look look Ooh. for the look for the things that inspire some people think oh are you are you, are you, are you a, a film crit- criticism and i'm like no by the time that i've picked the movie and we're, we're on the, we've landed on the movie right it's a, a celebration of it because right. we're obsessed with it and we love it you know totally and and I, feel like, I feel like there's something positive to find in every movie oh absolutely and even garbage movies like there's there's some sometimes sometimes quality. you just want to just unplug and relax you know sometimes a garbage movie is worth watching let's be honest oh i love like 80s action movies with like hardly any plot besides that we just have to you know amazing kill the bad guy like, <laughs> i'm like ah this is so therapeutic sometimes like oh. sometimes it's what you want you know there's a purpose for all the movies they absolutely they do their thing i love absolutely. it absolutely i love it <laughs> i love so many types of movies too like I'm, I'm all over the board you know you yeah, know. I feel like I feel like there's not a genre that I'm like opposed to. I feel like I absolutely I don't watch a lot of like rom commy things, but besides that, I mean I'll still watch one. I'm not like anti rom com, but <laughs> you don't necessarily crave that as much as other genres. No, no I feel like yeah. I'm like a drama action person. Nice. I don't know. Like like Life Aquatic. It's yeah, both. the the epitome of drama and action is yeah. the life aquatic. I know, I know. It's like, where do you even put this? I love that we just can't put it in a. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, I it's everything. It. it says it says comedy drama, which like, what kind of genre is that? How many movies are comedy drama? Yeah, I know they're called dramedy. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's 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 so got like, it's that got like it do it like perfectly like the perfect combo the perfect balance I know because if you go you go too serious then it's not so funny but I mean Bill Murray can do it all I mean you know There's he hits all the notes perfectly not a single critique no. can't do it he's mm-hmm. one of the best he's one of the I would best. Li- I would like to hear someone's critique of this movie I'm like intrigued now because like what are you gonna say Yeah I guess I guess like early reviews were kind of tepid. Um, I went on Wikipedia. You can check on the Wikipedia page. And, and some people were like, oh, it's just kind of like nonsensical and weird and just for the sake of being weird. And I'm like, you don't get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. That's the point. Yeah. Like, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. 
I'm trying to be nonsensical and quirky. Yeah, but I guess over time it's gotten a lot more like we were wrong when we were being nasty to it. We just we didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, I bet. Done. I bet they regret that. Oh, I hope so. Hope it keeps them up at night. So. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> hope they listen to this podcast and reconsider. Like, why did I write that terrible review? Right. Like 20 years ago. I hate myself. <laughs> right. Olivia and Andy just they nailed it. They made they brought yep. the kid out of me again and they put the wonder back in me. <laughs> right. We put the wonder back in in movies as a whole. We put the wonder in cinema. <laughs> Single-handedly. Yeah. Single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> That is too funny. Oh, man. Well, Olivia, this has just been delightful. And thank you so much for carving out some time. I know you're busy. You got school and (laughs) plenty going on. Uh, Please say hi to your dad for me. Of course. Um, And uh, I hope maybe over the summer uh, I'll be back that way, maybe vaccinated. And who knows? Maybe we can even hang out in person at some point. That'd be sick. That'd be great. All right. Well, everybody... uh, yeah, get vexed up. Get get out there. We can get back to our undersea adventures and doing what you love. Yes. Uh, but please check out Olivia Robini and her album Silhouettes. It is absolutely great. And I love it. And I'm going to put it on again right now, uh, literally. And um, is there anything you want to say? Closing words? Well, thank you for having me. It's been super fun. I think we blew our expectations out of the water with what we I did. thought we were going to be talking about. We just really shot it off and yeah i love the conversation that we had so i did too this was really good let's stay in touch keep in touch we'll be uh keeping tabs on you very exciting uh path ahead good luck with everything good luck wrapping up school peace out